Hello friends, we are back for another episode of Catherine's Quarters and my goodness do we have a lot to talk about today on Catherine's Quarters. We had a conference championship last weekend which was excellent for me, excellent for the Chiefs, terrible for the 49ers and terrible for the Bengals. Here we are. We're of course going to talk about the Super Bowl that is coming up in a week and I'm so excited. And then we definitely have to get to some NBA news. There is breaking news literally right before I was filming this and you know we're gonna get to that. And then I have a fantastic corny culture segment today and it's not what you think so you definitely wanna stay tuned for that. But let's get into conference championship weekend and who we're going to see in the Super Bowl and why I'm so excited. We're going to start with the Eagles 49ers and then we'll get to Chiefs Bengals and then we'll talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and a little bit about what we've seen happen so far in a lot of teams off seasons with coaching changes and quarterbacks going places and retiring and all of the things. So let's start with the Eagles 49ers, right? All week before Eagles 49ers there was not a whole hell of a lot of talk but there was some talk about how this was gonna be the Eagles' biggest challenge and we didn't get the game that we thought we were going to get because six plays into the first 49ers drive, Brock Purdy gets sacked by Hassan Reddick. It was actually a sack fumble, actually, and ends up hurting his elbow. Josh Johnson has to play for the Niners, and at one point we thought that Christian McCaffrey or Kyle Juszczyk or whoever was going to end up being the quarterback for the team for the rest of the game. And that kind of set into motion all of the fluky Eagles picks and takes and all of that other stuff for the rest of the game and the rest of this week. And it's been a little annoying, which is why I waited until today to decide to film because I've been so frustrated. There's been so much talk about like the system, the system, the system, the system in this like negative way. The notion that Jalen Hurts isn't going to be this like typical quarterback has always been placed in like this negative light. It's not a testament to the fact that the what Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen are, are running on offense is the most amazing thing ever and everybody should be duplicating it. It just fits for him and what they have around him. They went and got AJ Brown in the offseason. They went up and shored up that defense and got Hassan Reddick and Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue. Yes, there is an element of like, you can't do bad, quote unquote, with all of these pieces around you, but we've seen that happen before, right? And the biggest complaint, regardless of whether you're talking about football or basketball or whatever, when you're talking about a team sport, you know, ascending superstars are important to have, but that only works if you have other pieces around it. So we can't then make it a knock and move the goalpost that they saw what Jalen Hurts had and were like, if we do a couple of things, this could be great for Jalen and our organization. And so they did that. So yes, give credit from the top down, but still don't try and take away what the Eagles have done this particular season. In the Niners game, Jalen Hurts didn't have to throw for 240 yards. He didn't have to do all of that. So he didn't. There was so much about that game that regardless of whether Brock Purdy was in or not, I still think that the Eagles would have won that game. It may not have been as handedly as 31 to seven, but there were so many running lanes for Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. And even when Jalen Hurts was running the ball a little bit, he didn't get a whole hell of a lot of yardage on a lot of his runs, but he still had a rushing touchdown. So I'm just saying that game may have been different, may have looked different, may have been more exciting, may have come down to the wire a little bit more if Brock Purdy had been playing, but 
there was a lot that the Eagles offense and defense did so well. The Eagles defense was so good that game, which is why I don't think the game would have changed just because Brock Purdy was in. Like, Hassan Reddick was on his job that day. James Bradbury had a pick, James, uh, Darius Slay almost had a pick, like it was so close. And yes, Josh Johnson was throwing the ball and Brock Purdy doesn't necessarily throw a whole hell of a lot of picks, but it's still possible. So at the end of the day, the defense was playing amazing and the 49ers defense, as good as they were, they were getting banged up all the, like literally every other pay, play. And there were a ton of penalties on that defense. And I'm sorry, anytime that you think that it is acceptable to be putting Jawan Jennings in to block Hassan Reddick, I think you're trying to get someone hurt on your team. You are trying to get them hurt. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, at one point it was Kyle Juszczyk and then it was some guy named some Croft or something like that. Like the game, yes. Had Brock Purdy been in, could have been a little bit better. They may have scored a few more points. I just don't think that it would have changed the outcome of the game because of the way both the Eagles offense and the defense were playing. So Chiefs Bengals, Patrick Mahomes is just unbelievably spectacular. And he showed it again. He was on one ankle last week and then he was also again fantastic when he played the Bengals. It was insane. And there was a lot of motivation, honestly, on both sides because the Bengals were talking a whole lot of trash all week. They always beat them, you know, they were calling Arrowhead, Burrowhead. It was a lot of animosity between the two. And the Chiefs came out on top. They played a better game. And this is all with Nicole Hardman going out and, uh, God, what is his name? Nicole and Juju, sorry. I always forget Juju, I don't know why. Um, but, and Juju Smith's are all went out in that game. It was Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they just, they played a better game. First half of the game, let me tell you, the Bengals couldn't get anything done. There were a couple of drives where I remember specifically, he got sacked three times in a row. Like, he couldn't do anything. They had scored three points at that point. It was, it was a, a travesty. Obviously, like, the last five minutes of the game turned into a lot of madness and foolery. Personal foul called on Osai because he pushed Patrick Mahomes when he was already clearly out of bounds, and that was unfortunate. They get in the field goal range, and they win it 23-20. There was lots of different things that, that made the game almost unwatchable at the end. Yes, there's like a fine line that needs to be walked with this and it's unfortunate that it ended the Bengals season in the way that it did, but I don't think that we can go and blame losing games, especially because they had come back. They weren't even in this game. They were not even in this game until the third quarter. And Joe Burrow and the Bengals make some sort of amazing comeback. All teams benefit at some point in time from calls going their way and so, Egregious calls, call them out. We always need to do it. But I don't know that we want to say specifically that there is this huge problem with officiating. We have all of this new technology that ha gives everybody every single angle and every single this and every single that so you can see everything. But what's the other solution? The Super Bowl is going to be two black quarterbacks. <laughs> And I'm so excited because there's always been this narrative about black quarterbacks and like their ability to play the game the right way or the way that everybody's used to seeing. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that nobody wants to be wrong. Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes have done amazing things with their teams, are fantastic leaders in their locker rooms with veteran guys and with younger guys. There's just so much about the way that these two quarterbacks have created and changed the way that the culture of the organization works. And yes, it starts at the top with getting those guys in the room, but it's on them to make it right. So let's talk a little NBA, right? The Celtics are the best team in the league. 
you can tell me the books are now that Chris Middleton is back, but Chris Middleton is on a minute restriction and when he's back fully and a full participant, maybe that's the only team that I have any kind of concern with like in the Eastern Conference, absolutely. The Nets, with the breaking news right before I started recording this, Kyrie Irving has now requested a trade from the Nets. They were in talks about an extension a week ago and now Kyrie wants to be traded. Those two things could be, you know, the reason why, but who knows? We knew, like some, at some point this Nets thing was gonna blow up. Kyrie Irving was on the best of best behavior for like two months and kudos to him for being on his best behavior for two months, but it's just with this Kyrie thing, who's going to want him? Where is he going to go? I know a lot of people are gonna say maybe the Lakers, I don't know. I could care less where Kyrie goes. My fantasy basketball team name is Don't Listen to Kyrie because it is just wild to me how all the time we believe Kyrie when he says he wants to stay with the Celtics except then he blows everything up and leaves. And then we believe Kyrie wants to stay with the Nets and he can't seem to figure out how to get on the court for more than 50 games. Like I just, I can't with Kyrie. This is just insanity. At this point, it has been much more turmoil than it has been success with the Nets, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant experience. I can't do it anymore. Don't care. So outside of the Bucks, and I mean the 76ers, they've been playing amazing. Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, the whole situation has been working really well for them. And the only concern about the 76ers is what they're going to do in the playoffs. The Cavs, I just watched the Cavs last night and the Cavs were great against the Grizzlies and I'll talk about the corniness of Dylan Brooks later. There's just a lot good to be said about them, but they don't have a whole hell of a lot of experience with these guys. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that will all shake out. Again, I think I said this uh, when in last week's vlog or the week before when we were talking basketball, the Celtics, this is theirs to lose because the Western Conference is madness right now. So it's going to be very difficult to see who's going to come out of the West. West, period. Like the way that the, well, get to the West, but in the East, it's it's a little more clear cut. I just, I think it's the Celtics to lose. I, I really do. The, the level of focus and injury are going to be the thing that messes them up. We'll see what the Celtics end up doing after the All-Star break and going into the playoffs, but I really do think it's theirs to lose. And obviously like trade deadline things will either strengthen or weaken certain teams uh, depending on who does what in the East. In terms of the, the Western Conference standings, okay, these I told you change every single day. It is just so wild. I mean, the Nuggets and the Grizzlies are still at the top. The Denver Nuggets we like. I just need to see them play a little bit better in the playoffs and they didn't have Jamal Murray last year so that changes things significantly. The Grizzlies, I'm tired of them. I'm exhausted of them and I will get to them in a second. The three through seven is the Kings at three, Mavericks at four, Clippers at five, Timberwolves at six, uh, Suns at seven, Jazz, then Warriors, then Pelicans, then Trailblazers. So here's the thing. The Kings have been playing well. I really like them for the playoff, uh, for playoffs not playing. They've just been, I mean, since the start of the season. And they've lost a couple of games, but I like the way that the, the Kings are playing together. And obviously with their new head coach this year, they've been, they've been doing something that <laughs> we haven't seen from the Kings in years. So we love that for them. The Mavs, Luka Doncic, for the second time in the last two weeks, is now hurt again. He landed awkwardly on his ankle last night. I like the team but they're gonna have to do something because Luca he's got like five 50 point games or something we like the squad that they have 
I like the coach that they have, but they need something else. They are missing that Jalen Brunson factor that they had last year in the playoffs, and Jalen Brunson has been playing really well for the Knicks, but they need something. So we'll see where, where all of this ends up shaking out. The Clippers I just don't trust. I barely ever see Kawhi play. I just don't trust the team to be able to play enough games for enough chemistry to go deep into the playoffs. And then we get to the Timberwolves, the Suns, and the Warriors. The Suns have been in a free fall because Devin Booker is not there. Chris Paul just came back, I think, last week or something like that. They just, they have not looked good together. The Timberwolves, playing really well without Carl Anthony Towns. And Anthony Edwards is one of my favorite younger guys to watch because he is just, he's funny as hell. He's gotten really good at shooting the three ball. I just, I like the, I like the toughness and the grit he has. I'm just not sure I trust them in the playoffs. Like they had an opportunity against the Grizzlies last year. It just felt like as much as the game went to game seven, it just, I don't know. I don't know whether I can trust them or not in the playoffs to make a whole hell of a lot of noise or make a deep playoff run. And then we get to the Warriors. They had a stretch of games where they were mixing in all of the, all of these like two-way player contract guys and letting Steph and Clay rest and Andrew Wiggins is finally back and he's still getting his legs under him but we can see spurts of it so that's good. Clay playing the way that Clay has played as of late like averaging over 20 points a game and just being really aggressive on defense makes me feel good. I'm quite positive the Warriors will be in the playoffs and we see how they played when they played against the Celtics. That game went to overtime and it was an excellent game. The Grizzlies game that one was a fun one. We see how they play when they play these teams that they know they're going to end up playing in the playoffs and at some point we got to switch flip the switch for real and be winning games at home and on the road because at one point they were like best record in the league at home and worst record on the road and now some of that home some of those home games they've been losing and that's never a good idea obviously like the 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 trade deadline is coming it'll be next week and we'll see all of the movement of players that happen there's lots of options that are that are percolating at the present moment and we'll see what happens we'll follow the rest of the games after all-star weekend and we'll see where everything kind of shakes out and then we'll be in our push to the playoffs at the nba season is shaken up to be a really exciting conclusion into the playoffs. It's gonna be a fun one. So today we have a very fun culture segment and it's gonna be all about corny behavior because there's been so much of it, guys. Like, uncanny so much of it. Uh, let me just set the stage because I just get so frustrated talking about Dylan Brooks because he is literally one of the most annoying basketball players on the entire planet. Last night they played the Cavs. The Memphis Grizzlies played the Cavs. A very good Cavs team. Dylan Brooks goes into like lay up a shot or something. Donovan Mitchell gets the rebound or whatever. Dylan Brooks is falling and the way that he falls he ends up like swinging his arm back and hitting Donovan Mitchell in the groin. Donovan Mitchell took umbrage to it and tossed the basketball at Dylan Brooks. And I don't know if he was aiming for anything in particular. I think he was just trying to explain to him that he was pissed that he did that because it's unacceptable behavior. And there was like a whole little melee that kind of breaks out. But I just want to say this. I've seen the replay a million times. I was watching it live as it happened, but I've seen the replay a million times. At the point where someone from the, the Grizzlies coaching or training staff comes over to tackle Dylan Brooks so that he doesn't get himself in more trouble. You can see Dylan Brooks as he's getting up and he's like smiling about it. Like there's a smirk on his face. Dylan Brooks didn't have to whack Donovan Mitchell with his arm in between his legs. He didn't have to, but he can see that Donovan Mitchell is standing right there and then he rolls over. I've seen basketball players land on their stomach all the time. 
and not roll the hell over until they're ready to get up. Not Dylan Brooks though. They both get ejected. It, it was just the most annoying thing ever. It, and it just reminds me of when Dylan Brooks in the series against the Warriors last year in the playoffs decided that he was going to whack Gary Payton over the head and Gary Payton obviously ends up getting injured. He is a cornball and he is super lame and he's on a team with another guy who everyone loves and I also love John Morant. But they talk and talk and talk and talk so much and they have literally won, what, two playoff series? Maybe? Sit down somewhere. Let's get to the corny behavior from the Niners-Eagles game that I mentioned at the top. Trent Williams, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care if guys have a reputation of being someone that you should not mess with. I don't care that Trent Williams is about that life. Trent Williams acted like a lame in an ass-whooping game conference championship weekend. Now, guys get into fights all the time, and I understand, teams are like brothers. Y'all spend a whole hell of a lot of time with each other. More time during the season than you do with your families than anybody else. So there's a little brotherhood that, that exists there, and I love that for them. Like, it should be that way. If somebody gets up to fight, everybody's fighting. We scrapping, that's what it is. Everybody gonna be in trouble. Whatever. In the game, there was like a little scuffle that broke out between Brandon Ayuk and two Eagles players. Now, the two Eagles players had their hands on Brandon's like helmet and I was like, this is stupid. You guys are going to a Super Bowl. Like, let's not get suspensions and all of that other shit. Like, I don't know how that shit affects the Super Bowl. I would hate for your team to make it to the Super Bowl and you be a piece that helped them get there. And then you decide that, you know, you're going to do this dumb shit conference championship weekend and then get yourself suspended. Don't really like the idea that and so it looked like they were trying to like rip his helmet off or something like just a fight between guys there's a lot of pushing and shoving but then it grows there's more guys and referees trying to like break up the fight that's happening Trent Williams big behind goes and sticks his hand and is trying to get a hold of like the shoulder pads of one of the Eagles players I'm pretty sure it was Kayvon Wallace he picks him up by the back of his shoulder pads and throws him down to the ground then the fight gets even worse Nicobe Dean comes in and I'm pretty sure Nicobe Dean threw a punch and Trent Williams threw a punch back you guys are idiots. That's dumb. If Trent Williams were to have done that in Kayvon Wallace's face, the way that he did that to N'Kobe Dean, N'Kobe Dean, you want to come in my face? I'm going to punch you in it. It is what it is. Richard Sherman, you want to come to me in my face? You going to tell me that you're going to punch me? Okay, fine. We can duke it out. Trent Williams comes up from behind him. It's called being a sucker if you're going to walk into a fight and do something to someone from behind. Like, that is just lame. And we can say that Trent Williams is this take no nonsense kind of individual and also say that he's effing lame for that shit, honestly. Like, is, is this the new thing? Like, is this okay now when you come up behind people in a fight and like you then try to like end it by being big as hell and tossing people to the ground? from behind? Like, is that a new thing? Maybe 2023 is a new year and we're doing different stuff. I don't know. Somebody let me know. That's it for this episode of Captain's Quarters. Thank you so much for joining. There is so much going on in the NBA, obviously, and the Super Bowl is coming. So excited. So make sure you follow me on Twitter and hit the subscribe button because there will be more content coming soon. And obviously, I'll be tweeting everything about the Super Bowl and all of the exciting games that we have coming up. So check you guys later. <laughs>